and welcome to another episode of the Debutante Report. Once again, I'm your host, Michael Lung, back again to talk about episode 3 of Survivor 41. And yeah, things really seem to be going full steam ahead this season. It's so refreshing to see such dynamic gameplay already with such a great cast. And yet another crazy episode with so much to get into. Can't wait to dive right into it once again this week. Well, let's get right into a shell. You saw Brad getting voted out 3-1 to one in this episode. I'll get into Brad in a second, but I really thought that Shan really was the star of this vote. She really seemed to be doing a lot of the groundwork and seemed to be uh, really in the middle of a lot of the conversations that were happening around camp. There was the option of either getting rid of Brad or either getting rid of JD. Um, I think she made the right decision here getting rid of Brad. I think his target really got inflated quite a bit given the fact that he found both advantages and decided to, I guess, share them with Shan given that he thought that he was pretty tight with Shan, but evidently he was wrong and ended up getting voted out in this spot. I think she did a really good job socially. I mean, she's been playing a really great social game already. To be in a spot where people are coming to her with so much information and having a really close ally in Ricard to keep everything in check as well. Um, yeah, she seems to be in a really good spot and was, I guess, free to make whatever move she really wanted. Yeah, I think Shan was in a really good spot where she's able to manipulate the other members in her tribe without making it seem like she's being overly threatening to them. A big moment in this episode leading up to Tribal Council was the fact that she was so observant to be able to pick up JD's advantage. Like, that advantage was already hidden with JD in the first spot, and the fact that she was able to pick that out was a real credit to her in the fact that she's always seeking advantage. So, really good play by her in picking that out. And the fact that she still managed to keep JD close to her and make him feel like an ally with her um, is a real testament to her social game. I really like the fact that she pointed out how JD would be in a really bad spot if he was to flip on Shan in that moment, and it would be better for him to stick with her and with Ricard um, and making him feel really indebted to her. Yeah, I know he's a bit of a young player and has a really strong survivor-savvy mind, but the fact that she was able to play him in that way and even play him to the end that he was willing to give her his secret advantage was um, just another point to how well Shan's playing in that moment. Just in terms of that vote out then, it, there was that point where she could have voted JD out and yet I guess it would have allowed her to gain that extra vote that JD gave her, which would have been a super baller move to be able to do that, vote someone out and yet use their advantage uh, and take that advantage for herself. That would have been super, super cool. But the fact that she kept JD in has really allowed her to gain a super solid ally who in himself probably thinks that he has to play now for Shan and to play a game that um, is now tied to her, which is, I guess, a point in Shan's favor. But then if you look at JD, I think he was put in a really tough spot, like, He's a young player, like I said before, he, he wants to maintain his reputation with his alliance and with his tribe, so the fact that Ricard and Shan kind of piled in him probably made him think that um, the only way out for him was to be tied to them. Um, it really reminded me of Eric Reichen back in, um, in Micronesia, where Black Widow Brigade kind of planted scenes in his mind where um, his only move was to build his reputation back up after it had seemingly, in his mind, been um, destroyed in the eyes of the rest of the jury, but... Yeah, this really reminded me of that point where Ricard was pointing out his trustworthiness and how that would be a real knock to his gameplay. And so, yeah, really, really strong manipulation by Ricard and Shane in that moment. I, yeah, I really found that was really great players on their social part. And it really seems like they're doing really well strategically and also socially. I mean, we saw in last episode as well, JD and Ricard seemed really tight. 
And so JD seems like a pretty strong ally uh, to Ricard now as well. Um, so that could be a really cool alliance going forward, that three, and also um, Shan and Ricard having that more of a closer bond and having JD as that disposable member as well may become a swap war as a potential shield going into merge as well. So yeah, Shan and Ricard really seem to be in a great spot going forward. Yeah, Tribal Council, I really thought that JD might have actually been the one going home, given that um, we saw a lot of him pre-Tribal Councils, potentially a boot, given that Shan had spotted him earlier. But we also got that little question that Jeff asked uh, JD about his experience and why he loves Survivor so much. We got the same kind of thing with Foche in previous week, and that was kind of, I guess, the giveaway that maybe JD was going to go home. But turned out to be a bit of a red herring, and then Brad goes home in this spot. Just want to touch on Brad's game and the way that he played. I think... It all comes back to the start of the episode where he was left back at the shelter and the rest of his tribe was, I guess, on the beach and having conversations and building those real social bonds. It was just him left back at the shelter and that was probably a big red flag for his own social game that he was probably on the outs already. I know we heard later in the episode that he was pretty tight with Genie. We didn't see a lot of that alliance build up, but if you've only got one person one person close to you in a, in a five-person tribe, it's a bit hard to be able to dig your way in, into a majority there. So, yeah, he seemed to be on a little bit of the outs right there, but I guess he tried to make the best of it. He went searching for advantages and idols, and credit to him, he found two advantages. But if you're relying on advantages to get you through the game, like I've said before in other podcast episodes, you're playing the game wrong. The game of Survivor is first and foremost a social game, and even with this new era of Survivor coming in and more advantages and more twists, the social game still remains as the most important aspect of Survivor as a whole. So, yeah, bit of a red flag if you're relying on advantages to go forward. And I guess in previous Survivors, if you do find an advantage, it's supposed to be a dead set advantage, solid way to move forward in the game. Whereas this season, there's some caveats to a lot of these advantages that we've seen already with the beware advantages that have come in. I guess it really puts a bit of a twist on things and players, I guess, can't really rely on advantages as much as maybe other players have relied on before. But credit to him, Brad found two advantages. First, beware uh, advantage will go for the for the first one, the um the three-way idol. He managed to find the one on the Ua beach. Yeah, like I've said before, it seems like a really gimmicky way that Survivor's trying to change up the game. Um, but I guess it's a way of building bonds across tribal lines. I mean, Brad pulled it off quite well. He managed to get, get it into Xander that he did have that the other part of the three-way idol on the Ua beach. And so now Brad and Xander now possibly had that bond uh, if they were to meet up later in the game. And then the second one was that uh, steal of it that he found at the Decision Island, and we'll get into that in a sec, but I think the real kicker for Brad that hindered him at this Tribal Council was the fact that, one, he told Shan about all this, and that probably increased his target a bit more rather than build an ally in that sense. I mean, yes, he was in a tough spot, and Jeannie knew about his advantages, and I guess he tried to pull in a third person into their alliance by telling Shan about his advantages, but the fact that he had two already in a in a shortened season with a smaller tribe, that immediately increases your threat level ten times more than it probably would have in a normal in a normal season. So it probably turned out to be a bit of a hindrance for him by having too many advantages and not having those social bonds, as I said before, those social bonds really, really help you further in the game. I think in this sense, your first priority should be those social bonds rather than the advantages. And the fact that he went to Shan after he had found the advantages, probably put a bit of a red flag off in her mind saying that this guy is a bit of a player and as it made the effort, I guess, to uh, build bonds with me and so why should I trust him going forward if that makes sense? So yeah, that's a bit of a flaw to his game. On top of all this as well, 
the fact that he couldn't vote at this tribal council really was the big nail in his coffin. I mean, in a five-person tribe and not having a vote, that's huge. Your vote is the most important thing in this game. And um, by having that three-white idol and not being able to vote, yeah, that really that really sucked for Brad in that, in that situation. Yeah, I don't really know if there was much he could do um, by not having his vote. He was probably relying on Genie and maybe even JD. JD was probably his only hope at flopping over and maybe Shan as well, but it didn't really seem likely that Shan was going to flip to Brad's side on her own. I think she was pretty much tied to Ricard in whatever they were going to do in that sense. But the fact that Brad has now gone home with this advantage in his pocket, let's talk about that for a sec. Like, we still don't know what's going to happen with this three-way idol. I mean, given the fact that the players couldn't vote until all three uh, players who had found the idol uh, had said that unique phrase at the immunity challenge. I mean, what happens now with Xander's vote and Xander's idol? I mean, is he able to vote again in this game? Like, we don't know about that now, given that Brad has been voted off. I mean, I would have assumed if Brad would get voted off, he'd be able to gift that advantage to someone still left in the game so that the idol would still be valid and also Xander would still have the chance to probably vote again. I mean, will Xander vote again? We don't even know that. I mean, that's a bit of a knock as to how advantage-heavy this season has already got and how potentially confusing it might get in terms of which players can actually vote and which players um, have an advantage but can't vote. Yeah, there's a lot of confusing aspects to that and we're still yet to find out how that's going to work. So a bit of a wait and see in that scenario. But yeah, let's get on to that other aspect of this episode that we saw. Uh, the new Beware advantage that got added to the game was the uh, was the one where uh, three players, one from each tribe, gets to go to, de to Decision Island, I think I'm going to call it that, uh, where we have another Prisoner's Dilemma uh, with the Steel versus Tarp dilemma that we have there. That's what I'm going to call it from now on because there's so many different twists and so many new advantages coming in to this season. Yeah, so we see somehow one person from each tribe manages to find this new advantage. I mean, the producers didn't make it too hard to find. I mean, they left it right out in the open. I guess it was just a matter of time before a player would lay their hands on it. Um, I found that really interesting because normally advantages are hidden somewhere in the jungle somewhere. But this one, these ones just seemed right out in the open and um, it was pretty easy to find these these little packages that were lying around. So from Yasa, Tiffany manages to find the Beware Advantage to take her away to Decision Island. And I, like I've said before, there's no real situation in this game where players aren't going to take the advantage. There's no situation where a player is going to leave that behind. And so, yeah, I find it really, I guess, a bit strange about having that option to leave the advantage behind. I guess if I was a player and um, having, in hindsight, having seen this season before, and if I was to play... I would, if I saw something like this, I would take it and I would burn it in the fire because I don't want to take any risk in this game. I'd probably leave it all up to, yeah, probably want to take it out of the game as soon as I could. But then again, a lot of these players want to play risky and so Tiffany manages to find the advantage, take it for herself. And I found it really interesting that she told her girls alliance about this advantage. I think it really shows how how strong that bond has become with Liana and Evie and Tiffany as that girls alliance with Yasa. And so, yeah, it'll bit of a wait and see about how that goes going forward but yeah they seem like a really strong trio right there and then going over to Lufu yeah we see Sydney finds the beware advantage it seems like she found it a bit in front of the rest of her tribe mates but we didn't see what the ramifications of that would have been she seems to find it find it pretty easy out in the open I mean say for Nasir having a little of a a little of a geese for himself but yeah she seems to find it and goes off on her own to Decision Island, and then, like I said before, Brad gets one from Ua. So they all end up at Decision Island. I really like this new Prisoner's Dilemma that they put in, 
with the steel versus tarp, purely because it seems like a more pure prisoner's dilemma than before, because there is a risk of getting nothing in the event that you choose the safe option. In this case, the, the tarp is the safe option. Yeah, there's that chance that you return back to your camp with nothing. Um, so I really like that aspect to it. It was a bit different from the first one, whereas the protect versus risk your vote. And something different that we haven't seen in the other, uh, in the previous protect versus risk your vote challenges. We saw that Sydney came out right from the start saying, I'm going with the safe, safe option. I'm going with the tarp. And I think that's a really different way of playing the prisoner's dilemma, because obviously from the outset, it seems like a real gamble as to which one you should take, really trying to read the minds of the other players who are there. But by First, putting out your suggestion of what you're going to do, it really puts doubt into the other players' minds about, oh, should I go one way or should I go the other? I just want to dig deep into a bit of this, I guess, theory behind this decision. The fact that Sydney told the other two players that she was going to take the tarp, I guess that now gives the freedom for both Tiffany and for Brad to take the, to take the steal. I mean, there's no, I guess, risk there on the surface of um, whether whether there'd be any risk of losing their vote in this situation. But yeah, I think there's like a lot of different dynamics in this situation because of course you can't trust anyone, especially people you haven't even met before about whether they can um, hold true to their decision. And so that's a real strong move, a real power move by Sydney in that situation. It can really have impacts on what the game looks like going forward because if she took tarp and then if she said to the rest of the players that she was going to take tarp and then ends up taking steel, could have ramifications going forward because then they would know that she would have swapped given that she had openly stated what her decision would be for that dilemma. And so vice versa, if she said steal, that really puts into the other players' minds that, yeah, she's a big game player. I don't know if she, I can trust her going forward. So yeah, it's it's a real tricky situation there as a, with all dilemmas, but the way that Sydney played was really different and it proved to put a lot more doubt in the other players' minds um, because of it. So yeah, I really like the way that she played that. Um, yeah, but I'm not too sure about the way that Tiff played this situation. See seemed to give off really uneasy vibes to Sydney, and I think that really put a lot of doubt into Sydney's mind about um, trusting Tiff going forward. Yeah, she really seemed to be in two minds, Tiffany, about whether to take the steal or the tarp. I think she played the safe option, but there really was the chance of playing that, um, taking the steal there. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, there really was that option for her to gain an advantage. I think the fact, though, that she was a bit unsure about what she was going to do, I think that already gave her a bit of a negative reputation in the eyes of both Brad and Sydney about um, trusting her going forward. I mean, Sydney seemed very sceptical of Tiff. Yeah, I'm not sure how well that could have helped Tiffany and Sydney's possible relationship going forward if they were to meet up at a swap or at a merge. We end up seeing that both Tiffany and Sydney choose the tarp option, and so they return back to camp with nothing, and then Brad ends up taking the steel vote. Once again, I wanted to touch on what Sydney did there because the fact that Sydney voluntarily and openly said that I'm going to take the tarp and in doing so, giving it free reign to both Tiffany and Brad to take the steal could also be a potential way that Sydney is able to build trust with other players across tribes in that, yeah, that could be a potential potential capital going forward in that they've already had that bond and that they've met each other before and she was willing to give over an advantage to the other player. So, yeah, I think Sydney came out of this in a really good spot, even though she didn't come back with anything to her tribe. We haven't really seen much from the Louvre side of things, but... It's a bit of a wait and see as to how Sydney's situation is on her side of things. But from the outset, I think she's in a pretty good spot with the rest of her tribe. And so, yeah, we see Brad gets the steal vote. I mean, props to him. He, found, he managed to get two advantages um, in the very short space of time, I guess, um, in his time playing. So 
yeah, he did really, he did really well to get those advantages. I was just curious as to if Tiffany was to take the steal in that situation, all players were to take the steal, and if Yasser was to go to tribal council in that situation, she wouldn't be able to vote, and Xander wouldn't be able to vote. So it would literally be a two two people voting in a four person tribe. I mean, that would have been crazy to watch, but fortunately we didn't get to see that happen. Um, yeah, it's just great to think about uh, what could have happened in that situation there. But yeah, I was really happy to see a bit more of, I guess, social dynamics across tribal lines with that new prisoner's dilemma on Decision Island. I'm just... It's getting a bit confusing with the amount of advantages that are in the game and which player has what, which player can vote. There's just a lot going on in terms of the advantage side of things and it really takes away from the social element that has been so crucial to Survivor over its 20-year reign. So, yeah, in that sense, I feel like... I've said it before that Survivor's gone a bit too advantage-heavy maybe this season. I mean, it is fun to watch. We do have those little gimmicks here and there with the uh, with the three-way idol and the different phrases that that they have to say at the challenge. I mean, that's fun to watch, but yeah, it gets a bit confusing when there's so many players that have to go to different islands, then so many trinkets that each player has in their pockets. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bit hard to follow, but yeah, like I said before, really like to see a lot more of that social element. I mean, even though we haven't seen a lot of Shan and Ricard, we can tell that they really have been doing well socially in building those bonds and those alliances on their side of things. And also Evie as well. I mean, we didn't see a lot of her in that episode, but I think she's uh, a really good player in that in that social element too. So um, just from those few episodes that we had, I mean, I'm sure that other players are playing well socially as well, just we haven't seen it. So yeah, it would be great to see a lot more of everyone's social play, but um, we can touch on the Louvre side of things as well. I know uh, we haven't seen much of them, but uh, we did see a little bit from them in this episode. Nasir seems to be once again back on the outs. I mean, Sydney said before that they couldn't live without Nasir on their, at their camp, but it seems like the fact that he's been going up to different people and saying that they want to, he wants to blindside Danny in this situation, especially to Sydney, and yeah, she seems not to be in quite trusting of Nasir in this situation. Going from someone who was probably in a safe spot to now being a little bit on the outs, I mean, probably not to his own fault, but he, yeah, he probably wasn't thinking of that in that situation, but um, it just so happens that he's went from being on the outs to the top to uh, back on the outs. So it's a bit it's a bit of a weird character arc for Nasir in that situation. But yeah, that, that was really interesting to see how uh, the different dynamics, even though not a lot of it, um, seems to be playing out on the Louvre side of things. Uh, we had some really, really fun parts to this episode as well. Um, I really love seeing JD impersonating past survivors. I thought that was really, really great. Yeah, one of my favourite, I guess, snippets from this season so far is impersonations of Reem and of Wu as well. They were really, really great. And also, I love seeing Brad and building his mannequin uh, before he went off to Decision Island. I mean, yeah, that was pretty cool as well. Uh, the different things that survivors get up to as a means of, I guess, progressing their game forward. Yeah, it was really funny and really great to see. But yeah, there was a lot that went on in this episode, a lot of big moves and a lot of strategic play as well. I mean... MVP to this episode has to go to Shan and then honourable mention to Ricard as well in the way that they managed that JD situation and still managed to keep him in their pocket um, even though he was caught withholding an advantage to his alliance. I mean, yeah, really great play by Shan and Ricard in that situation. I was just thinking about that as well just in this past minute that there was a chance, there was the opportunity for JD to flip to Genie and maybe Brad in that tribal council. He wasn't aware that Brad couldn't vote but if he knew he had been caught by Shan and Ricard in that situation, he probably did have that option of being of swapping over to that other side of the 
that other alliance in the tribe. I guess the reason he didn't was more down to Shan. I mean, I've said it before, but yeah, the fact that she was able to rein things in and keep him by his side, and the fact that, I guess what added to it was the fact that he gave over his extra vote to, to Shan in that situation. So yeah, he's really wanted to prove his alliance and prove his trustworthiness um, to Shan and to Ricard. So even though that they already seen him as being a bit untrustworthy and were a bit unsure about carrying him going forward, but... Yeah, it was really it was really great, I guess, social play by Shan and Ricard in that situation. You're really impressed by that. I think that that's all I have to say about what happened in this episode, but looking at predictions for next episode, I mean, first time we're seeing a lot more from the Louvre side of things. We see Sydney might be in a little bit of a bad spot. She might be getting a bit emotional at camp, um, having a bit of an outburst here and there, which if they do go to trouble council might leave her in a bit of hot water. We also see Danny could be getting caught. Um, in a bit of a, a bit of a crossfire with misinformation across tribal lines, he could be in trouble. We might we might actually be seeing a lot more of the Louvre side of things maybe next episode. That would be really really great to see. Predictions: If Louvre goes to tribal council, I still think Nasir would be the one going home there, and maybe Sydney as the other potential boot that could happen. That's my prediction for next episode. If Louvre, for Louvre to go to tribal council, I think that's the most solid evidence I can give there. But yeah, I think that brings us to the end of another episode. I really wanted to thank you guys for listening to yet another one of my recaps. It really means a lot if you made it all the way to the end of another episode. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Debutante Report. And let me know your thoughts as well on Twitter at Debutante Report if you agreed or disagreed with anything that I've mentioned in this episode. Yeah, it was once again a really great episode of Survivor. Can't wait to be back again next week to recap episode 4 of Survivor 41. Should be a really, really great episode as well. But until then, hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.